The reading this morning is from Galatians chapter 5, starting at verse 22, and it can be found on page 1172 of the Church Bibles. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking, and envying each other. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks, Judy. Well, friends, it's lovely to be with you, and um, welcome if you are new or visiting. I, my name is Mark, and I'm the vicar here at the moment, and it's great to be here this morning. Uh, there are certain things, aren't there, that dominate our lives or define our lives in different ways, certain characteristics. So let me just ask you, are you a waker or a sleeper? By that I mean, are you somebody who wakes a number of times in the night, or are you somebody who sleeps all the way through? Now, I'm not talking about waking for any physical reason, we'll excuse that, but are you a waker or a sleeper? Are you somebody who wakes in the middle of the night, and all those things tumble into your mind, and you can't go back to sleep? Or are you somebody who goes to bed and sleeps all the way through? How many are wakers? Quite a few. Okay, how many are sleepers? Okay. Interesting, isn't it? So there are certain things, there are certain things that affect um, all of us. Um, uh, I wonder if you're a thinker or a feeler. Are you somebody who thinks things through so you logically process everything? Or are you somebody who really feels stuff so you, you react from a more emotional gut level? What are you, a thinker or a feeler? Okay, a bit harder. How many are thinkers? How many are feelers? Yeah, interesting, isn't it? So we're different in that way. Are you, are you um, a catastrophizer? Or are you somebody who is more calm in your approach? So are, how many are catastrophizers? Everything's going to go wrong. Yeah, okay. How many are more calm in their approach? Okay. How many wish they were all calm in their approach? (laughs) Neither of those are right or wrong. They're just different. I I work with somebody who's an absolute catastrophizer. And and every time I meet with him, we talk about different things, and he'll say, well, this is happening, and that's happening, and that's happening. And I'll say, whoa, 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 whoa. It might not be so bad. <laughs> it might not. Just remember, and I, I, say, it, I say it to him, just remember, I say, you're a catastrophizer. He says, yes, I know, I know. But, you know, he, just, he can't let it go. So, well, it's not, not good for you. There, there are, neither are right or wrong, they're just different. There are other things that characterize our lives as well. For some, it might be anger. There are uh, people who, there are angry people, aren't there? People who get angry about all sorts of things. Angry about life, angry about the things that people do. Um, the approach to th- they approach things with anger. They're pretty exhausting people to be around. There are others who are just calm. They're just like, 
everything can go by, no, nothing's going to ruffle the waves, ruffle the feathers, nothing's going to stir the waves. There are people who are calm in life, they're at peace with themselves. There are others who in life carry anxiety. One of the things that dominates their lives is anxiety. So you live with this high level of anxiety, always on the tips of their toes, always fearing that something's going to go wrong. There are others whose lives are characterized by kindness. We all know those people. We love having them around us. So you know the kind people because they're always there with a kind thought or word or action. There are others who are gentle. Maybe you're a gentle person, someone who carries gentleness in your life, and therefore you offer gentleness to others. Now, we're not perhaps totally characterized by those things, but they are true of all of us. We all have certain leanings. And unless we understand our leanings, we can't manage our leanings. And so it's really helpful, isn't it, on an emotional level to understand the leanings that we have in life. What am I really like? What's going on in my life? What, how, do I, how do I work out what I'm made up of and what that means for me and for others? Here is one of the things that Jesus talked about, that Paul talks about, that it seems that our Heavenly Father wants to give us. Paul says in Colossians 3.15, he says, Let the peace of Christ rule in your heart, since as members of one body, we were called to peace. Peace is pretty important in um, the Christian life. Um, in Galatians um, today, one of the fruit of the Spirit is the joy of having peace in our lives. I wasn't here last week, and uh, forgive me for not having listened to the talk yet, but you were thinking about joy last week, what a wonderful Subject For me, joy is out in the countryside. It's walking through the fields. It's seeing, it's, it, it's seeing the great scope of God's creation. Joy is, joy is, is meeting friends. It, it's seeing someone I haven't seen for a long time. Joy, little things bring me joy. This morning at, um, at about six o'clock, there was a ping on my phone I normally have it on by my bed, but I forgot to switch it off last night because I was at the beer night here. So I forgot to switch my phone off. There was a little ping this morning. I picked it up, and my granddaughter had sent me a picture of herself that she'd insisted was sent. And um, uh, I lay in bed smiling from ear to ear. Just a little picture of my little two-year-old granddaughter brought joy to my heart. There's certain things, aren't there, that bring us joy. Joy is such a lovely gift that God wants to give us. But he doesn't want to just give us joy. He wants to give us peace. He wants to give peace in our lives. Peace is all about surrendering our lives to our Heavenly Father, saying yes to him. He wants to give us, it says, a peace that passes understanding. In other words, we won't know why we've got so much peace, but we will have it. God wants to pour into your heart and into my heart a gift of peace. We don't have to work for it, we just have to ask for it. I love that. I love that we can ask for these things. That actually we can say, Lord, 
I need this at the moment. Lord, I need more joy in my life. Lord, I need more peace in my life. And the Lord will give those things to us. They're gifts from God that God wants to give to us. I just want to remind you about one of the things about this fruit of the Spirit in Galatians 5. The fruit of the Spirit is singular. It's not plural. There are not lots of different fruits. They're all characteristic of the same one fruit. In other words, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Those things all wrap up into one. And they should be the easiest things in the world to get hold of. That if we're open to the Spirit, they're the fruit of the Spirit, the Spirit in our lives grows those things for us. And we receive them. There's something about faith that is about the whole. And, and it's true, isn't it? We are interconnected. Our whole bodies are interconnected. So we, we can't separate joy from peace. You can't separate goodness, goodness from faithfulness. They're, they're interconnected, and that's the beauty of who we are. And, and, and it's true of all of us, because if we are worried, our bodies feel it. We're worried in our minds, but our bodies feel it. If, if, our, minds, if our bodies are ill, our minds feel it. We're, we're totally interconnected. Every part of us speaks to the whole of us. And so when we talk about the fruit of the Spirit, God wants to speak to all of us, the whole of our being. This is where we want his fruit to be. We're interconnected. And peace is key. Interestingly, after Jesus' resurrection, first thing he said to the disciples, you remember? Peace be with you. And, and, and then he went again and he came back again. Next thing he said to them, peace be with you. And, th- and then he went off again and he came back again. And this time Thomas was there, the doubter. First thing Jesus said to them, peace be with you. Must be quite important, mustn't it? It must be an important thing that we get peace in our lives. He says, peace be with you. As the Father sent me, I am sending you. And he breathed on them and he said, receive the Spirit. Receive the Spirit. Because it's through the Spirit of God that we receive the gift of peace. It's through the Spirit of God that our lives change. It's through the Spirit of God that we know the joy of joy. It's through the Spirit of God that these things come to us. And, and I, love, I love it that Jesus is so full of grace. He's somebody who wants to give us these things. I, I was in um, uh, with um, my wife last weekend. We went up to Manchester, we were doing some work with some church planters up there, and then on the Saturday, uh, went to see our son, who's at university up there, so that was an absolute joy, and um, uh, in the high street in Manchester, there was a man preaching in the high street. Have you ever heard those people preaching in the high street? And we were all going to hell, apparently, and so I went up to him, and I said, I just wonder if I could chat to you, and of course, yes, he said, I mean, he did talk to me a very, very, very loud voice. I, I struggled with that. But 
I, I said to him, I, I said, I actually don't think I'm going to hell. I think I, I'm, I'm going to glory. And uh, he bellowed at me, did I know then that I was saved? I mean, it was quite an uncomfortable conversation. And of course, when one's, when one's trying to have a conversation like this, with thousands of people walking past, lots of people stop to hear. It's quite, you know, embarrassing at that point. And I, I said to him at the time, I said, I just, just want to mention one little thing. Just, you know, I said, I, I happen to be a church leader. He said, are you saved? I said, well, I, I think I am. But, <laughs> that's by the by, really. I said, I joined the Church of England, so it is in question at times. But yeah, I think I am. <laughs> anyway, so we, we, had this, we had this little interaction. And um, I said to him, I just said, I ju- just want to mention one little thing. Just might be worth knowing. No one ever changes by being told off. No one ever changes by being scolded. No one ever changes by being shouted at. We change by being encouraged. We change by being built up. He didn't agree because he went back to his shouting. But, but the, the, the thought was there, maybe I've sown a seed. Because actually, I don't see Jesus shouting at... I did say to him, I didn't see Jesus shouting at anybody. If you can show me Jesus shouting, that'd be good. I don't think we found that. What What we hear is Jesus encouraging and including and building and journeying and saying, come with me. You're included. You're important. You're loved. That's what we hear and read in the stories in the Gospels. We have, a, we have a faith that is full of peace. Jesus highlighted it after his resurrection. And we, we live in a nation that has growing levels of anxiety, a nation that has growing levels of stress, a nation that's lost, that loses so much time at work to stress-related things. Billions and billions of pounds. I don't know how anybody works that out, but apparently we lose billions of pounds worth of work through people being stressed, which in itself causes stress, doesn't it? You know, it's this ever-increasing circle. And peace is the one thing that most people would say they want more than anything else. And I think there are key, three key areas. We all want personal peace. We want peace in our hearts. Actually, we we all genuinely want to sleep through the night. We all genuinely don't want to be carriers of anxiety. We all genuinely would love to be calm. We all genuinely love that in our lives. Because it's so attractive. It's attractive when you see it in others. It's attractive when we see it in our own lives. We want personal peace, peace in our minds in our hearts. The second area is we want peace in our relationships. Because when our relationships are not at peace, that's not helpful. If, if, if my relationship with my wife is not at peace, it affects me in every way. Does anybody understand that? Obviously not with my wife, I hope. But you know, do you understand that? <laughs> if you're not at peace with your 
parents or your children or your brother or your sister or your friends, it affects every part of you. Peace is so important. Peace in our relationships. And of course, we want peace amongst nations. We're we're all desperate for it. Lord, let there be peace. Because conflict and war causes so much harm. And, and, And for some reason... The world hasn't seemed, or humankind hasn't seemed to learn the lesson that shooting people or killing people or doing harm to others doesn't do any good whatsoever. But actually living at peace and talking. Peter, um, the disciple who shared so much of Jesus' life, he says this in 1 Peter 3.11, I love this, he says, search for peace and work to maintain it. Isn't that lovely? So this disciple, who had spent so much time with Jesus, what is it that he's learned? He said, this is what I've learned, that in our lives we're to search for peace, and we're to work to maintain a level of peace amongst us all. You see, because I think Peter reflected the heart of the Saviour that he followed. He saw in Jesus this gift of peace. He saw in Jesus the joy Jesus had at helping someone who was forgotten, left out, excluded, being included, lifting somebody up in life. And the question all of us have, as we need to know, is how do we be people of peace? Well, the first thing, to be people of peace, we have to be responsible for our own actions and attitudes. Proverbs 25, 28 says this, a person without self-control is like a city with broken down walls. In other words, if we're people who have too much anger in them or too much selfishness in them or too much greed in them, there's something in our lives that we need to get hold of. And, And God doesn't say you need to work that out yourself. It's not hard work. He says, come come because the Spirit is the one who gives us peace. The more we abide in God, the more those things that we carry that we don't like about ourselves will become diminished. There are certain things about me in my life, I think, I don't like that about me. Do you have that in your life? Not about me, I hope, but do you have that in your life? There are certain things about your own life you think, oh, I wish I, wish I wasn't like that. Do you have that? Yes, yeah, some of you do. Some of you are going, no, Mark, I've got no idea what you're talking about. I found in my life, I found in my life, I, 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 um, I, I avoid, I, I avoid if I can, conflict. I hate it. I hate it. You, you have to address it. And, and sometimes, conflict is actually part of life. It is part of life. We have to deal with it. I really like it. It's not great. And um, therefore, I was always the one. I found myself in, when, uh, uh, with, uh, in, in our marriage. We'd, we'd, Lindsay and I, we might every now and again have some robust words together. And I would be always the one that would say, I'm sorry, straight away. But of course, what I never dealt with was, but I felt I was in the right and I apologized. And every now and again, that would come up again, you know. 
And I, and, I, and I kept thinking to myself, I really don't like this about myself. I really don't like this about myself. And so I went for counselling. Anybody been for counselling? It's absolutely great. If you've never been for counselling, go for counselling. It's great. It's expensive, but it's great. And, and I went for some counselling, and I said, look, this is what I do. And I don't like it about myself. Can you help me understand why I do this? And um, it cost me quite a lot of money. But they, this lovely counsellor, she determined in the end that after several sessions, she said, well, the problem is, Mark, because you come from a broken home, your parents divorced, what came out was any time I thought the threat of a broken home was there, I would retreat and not deal with the issue. Does that make sense? Well, once I knew that, that was easy. Because I went home and I said, oh, I now know why I do it. And Lindsay said, is it really that easy? You know, I mean, she's the therapist, for crying out loud. So I said, well, I said, this is why I do it. And she said, oh, that makes sense. Yeah, that makes sense. So I said, so from now on, I'm going to argue. Because I don't need to worry about our relationship. And you know what? The freedom to argue means you hardly argue. Because you learn about yourself. And so now we say, if we have something we disagree with, we say, shall we make an appointment together to talk this through? Now, we do still argue, just to say that. But shall we sit and talk this through? And we now, understanding each other, are able to process that well. That all comes from counselling. I don't know why I was telling you that, but I'm telling you that because I think it might help. The whole, the whole thing is this. If there's stuff in our lives that is not good, we need to get rid of it. And if you are a parent and you see your child being angry, don't tell them off. Think, where did they get that from? Do I need to deal with something? Is there stuff in my life that I need to put right? Because they are probably just representing that that they see in the lives of those that they trust and love because they model their lives on the lives of those that they trust and love. And sometimes that is very depressing for a parent to watch that in your children's lives. But the gift that God gives us is he says, through his spirit, he will come and help us. He will change us. So in your life, if you find yourself being characterized by something, ask the Spirit to come and change you. It's a very simple thing. But actually, it's the simple things that Jesus taught on because it's the simple things that challenge and change all of our lives. He says this, how do we have this peace? He says, let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, Paul says in Colossians 3, since as members of one body you are called to peace and be thankful. Thankful lives look for the positive. Thankful lives build for the future. Thankful lives are, are, are those who have time to smile. You could Be thankful for every day. Be thankful for the rain and the wind. Be thankful. Be thankful 
for the sunshine. Be thankful for your family. Be thankful for your friends. Be thankful for your church family. Be thankful for the gifts you have. When we have an attitude of thanks, it changes us. When we embrace a heart, a beat of thanksgiving in our lives, we change as individuals. We can't be told to be thankful, but we can adopt it. And we can say, Lord, I, I, I'm, 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 I feel as I'm too selfish or I'm too greedy or I'm too... Help me to be thankful and the Lord will help you like he's helped many of us. I travel around the world and around this nation and I see so much poverty and difficulty. And, and we have so much. Much of what I see eclipses everything I see here. It even eclipses, can I dare say, what we see in the soup kitchen or the night shelter. We have so much to be thankful for. We are so blessed in this area. Thankful hearts change things in our lives. And if we allow an attitude of thankfulness to dwell in our hearts, this is what happens. We stop being angry people. We stop being condemning people. We stop being gossiping people. We stop whatever it might be. We stop trying to control things, but rather we allow God to dwell in our lives in a rich and special way. Let the peace of Christ, he says, rule in your hearts because we're called to peace and be thankful. Let the peace of Christ. What a wonderful picture that our lives are shaped by the wisdom that comes from this book, from what the Lord speaks to us. The Lord talks to us about allowing his word to shape and direct our lives. Not all that I want, but what he wants. Not what we think should happen, but what he thinks should happen. What does God say to us? Lindsay and I start each day in the same way. We've done it for eons, it feels. And um, each day we start in the same way. I make a couple of cups of tea come back upstairs, pray for the resurrection of the dead, that she might actually wake up. And then, and, and we start each day in the same way. We, we read the Bible. And we read three passages, one from the Old Testament, one from the Psalms, and one from the New Testament or a Gospel. And we start every day in that same way. Because what we want is that the message of Christ would dwell in our hearts richly, that we might, our day might be shaped by that. I used to turn on Radio 4. But this is what I found. It made me a more angry, depressed person. So if you're a Radio 4 listener and you suffer with angriness and depression, just turn the radio off. Because actually, listening to all the world news, I'm not denying we need to know, those news readers in the congregation, we need to know the news, but do you know what? Your life needs to be shaped by God and what you can bring to life. Lift the needs of the world to God. Yes, of course. I'm a news addict. I love reading it. Lift the needs of the world to God. But in your life, take responsibility for who you are and allow the Spirit of God to dwell in you. Allow the message of Christ to dwell in you richly, allow his word to dwell in you. And as you allow his word to dwell in you, this is what happens. It says we, become, we have more peaceful relationships. 
because our attitudes change. We become people of grace. We become people who reflect Jesus. We become people who are like him. It doesn't mean we won't argue. It doesn't mean we won't get things wrong. But it is a beautiful picture of the grace of God that works between friends. World peace starts with you and me. It starts with you and your husband, or you and your friend, or you, you and your colleague. World peace, that's where it starts. That's genuinely where it starts. Can we be at peace? Can we be at peace with each other? Can we re- reflect the peace of Christ in this place? Can we reflect the peace of Christ in our relationships? Can we reflect the peace of Christ in our workplace? Can we reflect the peace of Christ in our community? And if we can do that, starting with peace between us, it ripples out to others. World peace is all about people. And truly, if we want the fruit of the Spirit, the one fruit that consumes the whole of our lives together in our lives, this is what we've got to do. Not focus on what we're getting wrong, but focus on our relationship with the Lord. Lord, I need this. Don't beat yourself up. Put yourself on your knees. Lord, I need this. Lord, would you help me change? And you will see that the Spirit of God dwelling within you will change you. If we focus on the Lord Jesus, he has gifts plentiful for us. And he wants to make our lives become more beautiful and more reflective of our Savior, Jesus Christ. And we will have love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And we will understand the peace of God, which passes our understanding that will reside in our hearts on a daily basis. Amen. So, the thing about this is, the Spirit of God is here. The Spirit of God is here. And, and if all we have to do is ask, we can just ask together. We can just say, Lord, I, I want more of your peace. So, I, I don't know, would you like more of God's peace? Would you like more of God's peace in your relationships? Would you like more?